0: This week on the Dylan and Dylan Show, we wrap up the -the out-of-the-box drafts with the best teams of 2021. Q&A covers why do people root for conferences in college football, and can non-playoff bowl games mean something again? Dylan and Dylan wrap up 2021 with their favorite moment, highlight, player, team, and game from the 2021 sports seasons. And this week in sports covers the NFL playoff pictures as well as a preview of the college football playoff. Special New Year's edition of the Dylan and Dylan show. Excited to have you back for what should be a year in review, kind of year in wrap-up edition of a show today. Excited, happy to be with you today. Dylan Jesperson here alongside my main man, as always, Dylan Holt. Dylan, how are you doing today?
1: I'm doing great. I mean, it's it's what a whirlwind of a week we've had. We had Christmas last week. We're going on New Year's. There's sports everywhere. we got football. You literally like, turn your head like 90 degrees and you've got an amazing football game happening. And we've seen that the past few days. The NBA is popping off. I got to give a shout-out to my fellow Murray State manager, John Moran. He's come back from injury. Just last week came back from that knee injury. And boy, oh boy, he is back on his tear. Went to Phoenix on Monday night, I believe it was, and absolutely stole the internet. Just lit it on fire with what he did against Devin Booker and the Phoenix Suns. Scored 33 points and hitting that amazing game winner. Uh, it was very, very cool to see that. And, of course, uh, I want to pay my respects to Coach John Madden, uh, we were learning the sad news last night that he passed away and that was devastating to me. I, I personally didn't get to appreciate uh, coach Madden coaching on the sideline with the Raiders, but obviously the Madden games and his commenting obviously left a lasting impact on me. That's why I love the game. It's part of the reason I love the game of football so much. He he really made an impact on the game. He's, he's one of those, uh, definitely on the Mount Rushmore of just football, just people who have uh, left a lasting legacy on the game. And uh, I'm very excited to see our, it's been really cool to see all the uh messages from people that were close to him. Just, just how awesome of a person he was just want to send my respects to his family and friends and a hard time in the holidays to do something. but Yeah. Very excited for a very, very, very fun show today. How are you?
0: I'm doing good. I'm glad you mentioned that with John Madden. And I, I, I wanted to bring up, you know, the, the great part about John Madden is he is immortalized for so many people and so many football fans, uh, whether you grew up, when you were when he was coaching on the on the sidelines whether you grew up as him as a broadcaster which i remember the tail end of his broadcasting career uh, or just to remember him as the the name on the football game uh, you have a connection to John Madden so i think everyone was touched a little bit by uh, by his passing so yeah our thoughts are with the Madden family the NFL family the football family Today, But excited to get into the day excited and nervous this week as 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 I should be obviously days away from the college football playoff and I'm just I'm ready to get everything going I don't want to wait any longer I want to get into the game, you know I I don't want to be worrying over if someone's got COVID or if someone made the trip or not, or what, what our team's going to look like. I just want to get on the field and play Georgia and see how it's all going to play out. You know, that's where I'm at right now with that. So I'm excited. I'm nervous. And that's just how I'm going to be until Friday at, at 8 PM. Once that game starts, finally kicks off Uh reminder to follow tunnel vision sports, uh, the podcast network, wherever you get podcasts, that way you don't miss a fine show of whatever we're putting out. We're going to have some more content coming your way, not, Specifically from the Dylan and Dylan show, but from our fine writers and broadcasters at Tunnel Vision Sports. So stay tuned for that. Follow along for that. We get going here with our out of the box draft tied in with last week with we the best players of 2021 season. This week, we're doing the best teams of 2021. End off the season, end off the year on the high note. We're picking the best teams of 2021. Dylan's got the coin to decide the order for us today.
1: Tails. You I'm going to stick
0: with heads. I mean, it worked for me last week.
1: It never fails. I, I,
0: this might be changing my philosophy on how I approach I you, coin tosses for me. So,
1: since my senior year of high school, I've always gone heads. I remember it because the way we did it, at Murray High, great football tradition, but all the seniors were captains. And I remember I, I called the coin toss twice, and they were like, you got to do tails. I was like, nope, heads. I was like, you got to go uh, you got to go you got to zag when everybody else zigs it always worked so I, ever since then I've been heads and I mean you can listen to the shows heads wins more often than not on the Dylan and Dylan show
0: I mean I, I thought it was a fake coin for a few weeks there it was wild but uh I will take no, I
1: switch it up I because I always look at the back before like this one was North Carolina so I always look at we got an Illinois in the rotation Iowa there's a few of them but it's always heads.
0: Uh, well, maybe maybe I'll have to flip the coins to start next year just to see if there's any difference in the in the air in Michigan and Kentucky. I don't know what it is. But
1: w- gravitational pool.
0: Yeah, it's different. It's different. I'm higher up. I'm higher up in the latitude and longitude. So uh, I will take the second and third picks. I will give you the first pick. Uh, again, this is awesome.
1: awesome. Exactly what I didn't want. Uh, with the first pick, uh, so – some of you might have seen this. I put it on my Instagram story because I was very much struggling with this topic because there's a lot of ways you can go. There's a lot of really good teams from the year 2021. And there was a team that kept popping up uh, in answers. And that's the Baylor Bears men's basketball team. And I think that's very fair. I, there's another team that I will not pick you can have. I'm not even going to mention them that kept popping up. I don't want them. So I'm going with Baylor. Um, they, what a year they had. They kind of went like under the radar. March, or before March last year, in March, everybody was like, yeah, Baylor's really good. But it was still like, everybody was talking about Gonzaga. They're like, Baylor's, yeah, they're running through the field, but it's Gonzaga. It's their year they're going to go undefeated. And Baylor just stormed to that championship, and they did not care. It seems like they blew everyone out in the uh, tournament, won the championship, brought it back to Waco. And then this year, they just looked just as good. They play really good defense. They play awesome offense. And it looks like they're going to be right back obviously in the tournament, probably be a top seed and probably be one of the teams to be reckoned with in this NCAA tournament. So Baylor has had an incredible 2021 and I feel like they should definitely be in these top eight teams we pick uh, here today. So yeah, I have no problem going with the Baylor bears with my top team of 2021. I'll throw it to you for your uh, first two
0: picks. Uh, I love that pick. I'm going to have to dip into my alternate since I was ready to take the Baylor bears. So I'm kind of wondering if I should have taken the first pick, but Fine with that. Happy with that pick. Uh, absolutely. Um, Baylor absolutely deserves that number one in the nation right now, coming off a national championship run. And like you said, I think when that COVID game, then when the Gonzaga Baylor game last year around this time got canceled, people kind of chalked it up as a loss for Baylor. And I just don't, and it was just like, okay, now it's Gonzaga's year. Baylor would have lost that game. And then Baylor showed, no, they would have won that game probably pretty easily. And, they lost all of their best players to the draft this year and they're still really, really good. So yeah, I love that pick uh, with my first pick. I'm going to go with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I, I use Tom Brady as my, my top athlete last week. Uh, and the, the bucks for all of the reasons that Tom Brady uh, was my top athlete are the same reason why he's the top or they're the top team. You know, they were undefeated in 2021 on their way to the super bowl, five straight wins, including the last, last week of the regular season last year. All the way through the playoffs to win their second Super Bowl of all time, for Super Bowl since 20, 2003, uh, and then they've come back and been probably one of the most dominant teams in the NFL this year. Already clinched their division, already clinched the playoff spots. Eleven and four on the year; they're sixteen and four in the year of 2021. And I think, obviously, the best NFL team of the entire year. If you're taking last year's playoffs and this year's regular season into account, uh, just dominant defense awesome offense. Oh, underrated offense at this point because Tom is, you know, doing Tom's doing the things he's doing, uh, but he wouldn't be doing it without the the weapons that they've put around him. So, you got to give a lot of credit to the Tampa Bay uh front office and what they've done to to put a team around uh Tom Brady because a lot of credit's been given to Tom. I've been one of them that's done it, but this whole this Bucs team as a whole is is very very good and they've shown it throughout 2021 whether it be last playoffs for this regular season so i'm happy to have them with my first pick uh with my second pick i'm gonna dip into my alternates right away uh i'm gonna go with the milwaukee bucks the nba champions of last year i think the best nba team and you know kind of buck not to no pun intended but buck the trend of the nba you know it's Uh, for the past few seasons, it's been, you know, you got to build a big three. You've got to build at least two or three guys that are going to be able to compete at superstar levels. And, the Bucs just said, look, we've got Giannis, and we've got a bunch of really, really solid players around him. You can call Chris Middleton a, a big two. Uh, you can make a case maybe that Drew Holiday qualifies as a big three. It's Giannis and everyone else. And and the Bucs were dominant in the NBA Finals against the Suns. I think they have a legitimate shot to, to make a run at the, in the Eastern Conference this year. I think so much focus is on the nets because they have so much talent but you know the the Bucks are that steady team that just they have no they have no distractions their their superstar is just so happy to be there and so happy to be an M- a NBA star and I think that's that's almost more important in a lot of ways just having your best player be one of the just happy to be leading your team regardless of what it is uh, I think that's what makes the Bucks so special what makes Giannis so special and what makes me happy to have them join the the Buccaneers? I got the Bucs in, in the NFL, and I got the Bucs in the NBA. So happy with that. I'll throw it to you for your next two picks.
1: So I have to dip in my alternates twice because I had both the Bucs and Buccaneers. Um, and I, I really wanted to win the coin toss because I wanted to pick those two back to back two and three. I was just like, I want the Bucs for both picks. But I have to dip in my alternates. That's fine. Because there's there's some good teams in 2021. The more you look at it, the more you realize – and for my next pick, I'm going to stick with basketball. And I'm going to go to the WNBA. I'm going with the Chicago Sky, the world champions. They, the, they had a fairy tale. I was going to say story tale. That's not a phrase. Fairy tale season, uh, and by every means of the term, going way back to February, they signed two-time MVP Kansas Parker. Shout out to the Tennessee Volunteers. Uh, and then they had like all the momentum in the world. They're like the Sky. This is their year, and it was but it didn't look like it for a while because they uh, they dealt with injuries for much of the season. They lost seven straight games at one point. The WNBA season is not like the NBA season where seven straight losses, it's like whatever. That's like a lot of the season. That seven straight losses, that that takes a hit on, you, on your record. Uh, they ended up, they got healthy, ended the regular season on kind of a high to get to 500, 16-16 record going into the playoffs. They got that sixth seed. They were kind of overlooked, which is crazy because – they have Candace Parker, two-time MVP, a lot of really, really good pieces. And obviously, they went on to win the WNBA finals, bring a championship back to Chicago in a huge way. Uh, and it, it kind of felt like definitely not in the same realm of Baylor. As Baylor was overlooked for no reason, I think, in my mind, because Baylor was dominant. Chicago, they they dealt injuries. They had I, – I, I kind of um, – I resonate with what Chicago Sky fans probably dealt with as a fan of the Tennessee Titans because you know how good your team is. It's just you're dealing with injuries. The the people you want on the quarter of the field aren't necessarily there. So you don't get to see the full result. And obviously when you get everybody on the quarter of the field, things go really well. Sky won a championship. Hopefully in a couple of weeks or I guess a couple months. We still got a little about little while with the NFL. I can talk about the Titans winning a championship. But that's that's more for later. Uh uh, later on down the road, hopefully. Um, my third team, I'm going to shift to baseball. And it's going to be very similar to the Chicago Sky. In the Sky it's going to be the world champions. It's going to be the Atlanta Braves. And I feel like they, they kind of fit the same mold as this guy. They didn't sign a two-time MVP coming into last season. But they did have a lot of momentum because that team was so young. Obviously, Ronald Acuna, we expected him to have a great season. He was having a really good season. It just tore his ACL ended the season early. And a lot of people gave up on him. And they shouldn't have because the Braves were all in on winning last year. And they made a ton of moves uh, through July and up to the deadline to make sure they had guys in the outfield uh, to replace Acuna's production. And they did. And they got really hot, which people throughout the summer were saying, if the Braves get hot, watch out. That lineup, you've got all those big bats. If they can pitch a little bit, that team's going to be crazy. And it's exactly what they did. They ran through the NL playoffs, got to Houston, and they – they thank goodness they beat the Houston Astros. They won the World Series, uh, and what was like really just a great story. talk to about them. being able to do that without a legitimate superstar is something else that it's something we don't see really in modern sports. You've got to have that real superstar to win a championship. And they, I mean, they have Freddie Freeman, but I, I think if you ask anyone, the superstar of that team is Acuna. Uh, but when you got a guy like Freddie Freeman at number two, that's that's not too bad. Freddie Freeman's gonna make every. Multiple hundreds of millions of dollars whenever this lockout ends, so that's not a bad guy to look to when you lose your superstar. And you've got obviously all the other names, Ozzy Albans, and it goes on and on and on. Uh, so uh, Atlanta will be trouble for a lot of years to come, especially if they can re-sign Freddie Freeman, which I wouldn't mind if Freddie Freeman decides to take his talents elsewhere. Because I've got a team that wants to do a lot of damage in the email But again, we're not talking about them, We're talking about the Atlanta Braves and the great year they had. So I'll take Braves. You want know, the Sky to Sky and the Baylor Bears. Uh, I'll throw
0: it to you for your last two picks. Love both of those picks. I had the Braves on my alternate. And, yeah, the Sky were definitely overlooked this year. I feel like our company as a whole has, like, a, a connection to the WBA Finals and that team because of, uh, you know, we were allowed access to cover and we <coughs> sent our reporters there. So happy with both of those picks. Love both of those picks. I'm going to throw a quick audible on my picks because I had two more football teams lined up and I'm realizing I w- that would give me three football teams. So I'm going to switch it up, but I will go football here with my third pick. I'm going with my bias pick. I have to go with Michigan. Uh, the Michigan football team blew the doors off of my expectations for them this year. I saw them as a 9-3, and 10-2 team at best. Uh, and like I said, last week, I had kind of written them off. as like they've reached their ceiling. I do not know what they're going to give me, but it's not going to be what they gave me this year. A first win over Ohio state since 2011, first division title ever first big 10 title since 2003. Uh, and we control our own destiny to win a national championship. I I thought that that part of Michigan's destiny was over at this point. was like the competing for national championships. That was That was old Michigan when we were one of eight real teams that could really compete for anything. And and the big 10 was still the best conference in the country. Uh, Apparently we still have a chance at it. And it it has just been like mind blowing and uh, perspective changing season for me in terms of my sports fandom. So I had to get them on this list. If they win a national championship and they weren't on my list, I would have been very upset with myself retroactively. So I have to get them on my list with my fourth pick. I'm going with the Tampa Bay Lightning, and uh, I, w- I was going with another football team here, but the Tampa Bay Lightning have been the most dominant team in hockey for two years now, and, and it hasn't really been close. They ran through the the play- the play Stanley Cup playoffs last year, and I remember we had Luke on talking about the playoffs uh, in the middle of the summer last year, and it was like, well, the, these other Cinderella stories are fun, but can they really get by the lightning? And the answer was not even close. It was not. And they're so much better. They are looking like the Alabama of the NHL, which was the team that I was going to go with. I decided to leave them off my list, but uh, the Tampa Bay lightning are really, really good. And, and they're going to be really, really good for years to come. So I think that they could be the new dynasty in, in, in the NHL. Uh, so I'm happy to, to add them to Michigan football uh, to the, and both bucks uh, and I'll throw it to you for your final pick.
1: Dang it. I guess I have to pick. I'll pick Alabama. I'm not happy about it. they won a national championship. Bryce Young, all that stuff. That's all That's all the praise I'm giving them. Alabama, that's my pick. I um, I have to pick Alabama. Mm, I don't like that. But I was going to pick the Chiefs. But since you didn't pick Alabama, I'll pick them. Mm, I like <laughs> it. They were really good, though. They were really good this year. So
0: that's, I that's
1: the team I was alluding to. On my Instagram, people kept saying Alabama. I was like, I'm not going to pick them. There's no shot. It's not going to happen, but I had to. They, they were really good.
0: I'll throw I'll I'll throw some stats out there because I had some written down. Back to back Heisman trophies, dominant national championship win over Ohio State, fourteen and one in the year, including that win last year. Uh, I mean they have by far the best college, the best players in college football by far. Uh, when you go into the SEC championship game against a Georgia team that's like got this. Number one, greatest of all time, defense and hang forty some points on them. I, I think they they qualify as one of the best teams. I just couldn't see myself having three of my teams be football teams, just because that's just not how I am. But uh, <laughs> and, and, and it makes you have to take Alabama. It just it gave you that last. Do you have any alternates that didn't make your list?
1: I did. I had quite a few alternates. I, I love sports, and I was just thinking about teams. Uh, so I had Gonzaga in men's basketball as an alternate michigan was on my alternates uh in college football the phoenix suns the tennessee titans the st louis cardinals and the new york mets because i don't know why but i i think it was because of tiktok honestly where the nets became like a trend on tiktok so i when i was thinking about mlb the mets kept coming in my head and i guess because of their offseason moves but i had the mets i don't i don't know they kept popping in my head did you have any alternates
0: uh, yeah, I had to dip into them and you dipped into them a little bit. I went with the lightning, uh, and the bucks it, within the, uh, I had Michigan basketball down because they won a big 10 championship last year. But if, if you stole my Michigan football pick, I was going to, I was ready to go Michigan basketball. Uh, and then I had the, the San Francisco giants down too, because when I think about the MLB season, at least the regular season, it's like, that was the giants year. And I know they lost to the, the Dodgers in that first round, but it was like, Every time you look to the standing, it's like, how are the Giants still doing what they're doing and, like, dominating the NL? I do not understand it, and I never understood it. And, uh, you know, sent Buster Posey outright, I think, even even with the loss in the playoffs. Uh, that'll do it. We'll get those graphics up. I'm going to get both the best player graphic and the best team graphics up together so you guys can vote on those back-to-back this week. Uh, we'll switch over to the q and uh, I'll jump right into my my question really quickly uh because the bowl season has been upon us like you said there was a bunch of bowl games yesterday that if you were uh around and watching those games they were a lot of fun to watch uh problem is is it's tough to get uh a meaningful feel to these games especially with the way that the college football playoff has become and, and with the future of the college football playoff looking like it's going to expand to 12 games we're going to it looks like we're going down a road where these are going to be less and less meaningful bowl games. So my question to you is, can, can we, and how do we make non playoff bowl games mean something again, or is it just a lost cause Is are they just something that will never really mean anything ever again?
1: So I'm going to give not my own answer first, because I've got to get context though. I was watching the music city bowl press conference this morning. Obviously, my Tennessee volunteers are playing Purdue. And Tennessee head coach Josh Heupel received this question. And I was like, wow, what a, what a twist of fate that this happens. And I just listened and I wrote down his answer. And he said, this is about bowl games mattering, that obviously aren't the college ball playoff. He said, if you're a great competitor, this game matters. And those are traits that we try to develop and recruit. This is a game, this is a game that means a lot to our program. And I was like, yeah, exactly. For programs like Tennessee that are trying to build after years of just misfortune, of just absolute just misery under all kinds of different leadership, players coming in and out of the program, all these things. These smaller bowl games where you're coming off a season with a lot of momentum and you can go in and play a team like Purdue who has a lot of really good wins under their belt, and this Purdue team that Tennessee's going to face in the Music City Bowl is not the normal Purdue team. They have a lot of guys sitting out. David Bell's going to be a first-round pick, and he's not playing. That changes Purdue so much. And people understand that, but still, if Tennessee's able to win, they can hang their hat and say, well, Purdue beat Michigan State, and we beat Purdue, like all these things in recruiting battles. And it, it just makes them look better. They have momentum. They've already got so much momentum coming off the stretch they had to in the season and just all the things they did this season so I, I think things like that for teams like Tennessee that are trying to build their way up to getting those college football playoff games or even the New York New Year Six because so I think the New Year Six still they still have that kind of shine on them. like Utah is definitely fired up to win the Rose Bowl I saw like their logo on their helmet has a rose in it that's sick I think that is awesome I think those games still very much have like a a prestige to them, but yeah, at the music scene, well, there's tons of people that don't get very fired up for it, and that's understandable. You want your team to be in the playoffs, but if you look at it like Josh Hypo, and you're like, This is competition, this is our 13th game, you you attack it like you do any other game, uh, and you get a trophy at the end. So, these games, you can win them, you can get momentum going into the next season, going into recruiting, and now, like we talked about in previous weeks, the transfer portal. Like, there's so many of these Tennessee insiders that believe. Tennessee comes out and gets a big win. That's going to give them momentum with the transfer portal. You look good. Obviously, Tennessee, they have a flashy offense. So that helps them. It's going to be attractive to these guys in the transfer portal that want to come put up big numbers into the NFL. Uh, But at the same time, I fully understand why Auburn came out flat in the Birmingham Bowl. That is completely understandable. They lost their quarterback for three years. Bo Nix is gone. They had to throw in TJ Finley, which TJ Finley played against Alabama. He's been the backup all year. It's still different. Bo Nix has been the guy in Auburn, Alabama for so long. There's so much changing there. Uh, Florida and the Gasparilla Bowl against UCF. I talk about change in Auburn. Gainesville, that's a whole different uh, jungle. Because everything's going to be different. Emory Jones, he was like, peace out after the game. I'm gone. Billy Napier stepping in, a whole new staff. It's... I can completely understand why programs like that maybe struggle to get fired up and struggle to find meaning in games like that. But I mean, you just gotta, I think coach Hypo sums it up. You just gotta go out there, be a competitor, take pride in it, uh, add it to the trophy case. Uh, I mean, that always looks good. It's another trophy. You don't have to tell that 17 year old four star that that was the music city bowl. You like, yeah, these are all of our trophies that we won. How about that? Like Tennessee doesn't have a meaningful trophy from the past 20 years now, and I've they've got trophies. So, I mean, show them off. No one, five years from now, no one's going to be like, oh, that was the 2021 Music City, but why do I care? So No, that's just another piece of hardware. Uh, it's pretty cool. But uh I, I think that's my attitude, because I've never had my team playing in a big game. I've never, I mean, Tennessee won a national championship when I was a year old. And let me tell you, I do not remember. I've been told I was, take it out of my crib to see it happen, but I cannot attest to it. I do not remember, but that like, all I've seen are these meaningless bowls and I have to do my best to get fired up for them, which I do. Cause it's Tennessee football and I get one last watch out of them. Cause there's plenty of times when Tennessee has not been a bowl, in a bowl game. So I think, I think that's why it's easier for me to get fired up for these uh, sm- like smaller bowl games that are not the New Year six or the college Bowl playoff. Um, but yeah. I, I think that's my approach. It's competition. You just got you to gotta, you gotta play the games that are on the schedule. And it almost goes like that with the small games too. But yeah, I want to hear your take
0: on it. Yeah, I think you, you're, you're definitely right in the way that like teams can build off of it. And I think teams usually, for the most part, other than the guys that sit out, obviously, but uh, teams for the most part do take these games seriously. They, they treat it like another game. And uh, you see that the best teams – for next year for the next season, usually took their bowl game the most seriously. They went into their bowl game and really wanted to make a statement going into the next year. uh, and that's how it always was. I think from a fan's perspective and especially like I can attest to it, as soon as the college football playoff came in, those, those other bowl games really took a, took a meaningfulness away from the games, especially, I mean, Michigan had a, a, a stretch where we were playing Florida. I feel like in every bowl game and it was just so annoying, but, uh, uh my main takeaway and i think the only thing from a fan's perspective because i think uh, like i said in the lead-up i think we're just going towards you know the playoff is going to expand there's going to be more actual meaningful games so it's going to be even tougher to make these games feel meaningful to a fan's from a fan's perspective uh the only thing that, that, that i think we could really do that would make a meaningful change is to push back the early signing period again until after the bowl games are over because the big problem with the early signing period being where it's at is that, well, now coaches have to leave early like Georgia's missing their defensive coordinator because Dan Lanning took the job at Oregon. I mean, that's he, and he had to do that because he couldn't wait around and miss that meaningful time recruiting because that early signing period comes up in the middle of December now. So uh, that changed the timeline of what a lot of these kids can do. I mean, Auburn, I, 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 how many times have you seen a quarterback transfer before their bowl game and then not play in the bowl game? I couldn't, I was like, wait, Bo Nix isn't playing like that's, I mean, I guess, I, I guess it makes sense. He's in the transfer portal, but it's like, you're still got another game, man. Like you, you gotta, <laughs> I, that, so that I can't, you know, that uh we've got to make sure sh- we, I, I feel like we should move dates back in that regard that if you, if you want to transfer just you got to do it after the end of the season i know it's going to be tough to enforce those types of things because guys are just going to leave the team anyway but like uh you know i uh, avoiding the the situations where teams are going with a shell of their old team would be a, a thing a positive thing for fans because i can't imagine being an auburn fan and rooting for that team yesterday because it's like well we've got half of our guys out there we really don't even have like Tank Bixby is really our only real guy out there that's really going to do anything for us. So um, it, it, it's tough to get fired up when you're going with a shell of your team. So if that, if you can figure out that way of making the games more meaningful, but other than that, like I think we're just on the route of the playoff games are going to mean more than the, the other bowl games. And that's just how it's going to be. And we're going to need to make games like the Rose bowl, the sugar bowl, the always playoff games because uh, like this year, like Ohio State has like four or five guys sitting out. They had to give back like seven thousand, eight thousand tickets that they were given from the Rose Bowl, uh, because fans don't want to go see it. It's and and that's the Rose Bowl. I mean, I grew up in Big Ten country the Rose bowl was everything. It was almost seen higher than the national championship. If you win a Rose bowl, that's like the big thing in big 10 country. And now it's like, well, who cares? It's not a playoff game. We don't have a chance to win a national championship game. All of our best players are going to make their NFL career start. So it's tough. I think the the obvious a- answer is just, we're going to expand the playoff and have more meaningful games anyway. So uh, I just don't know what they're, they're, they're also, we got to just cut down on the junk bowl games at this point too. I, I think maybe upping the bowl eligible to like seven and five rather than six and six, because do you really deserve to be in a, in a bowl game if you were a 500 team? Like, do you really like, do you really deserve a, a trophy at the end of the year if you were a six and six team? I don't think so.
1: Rutgers went five and seven and they're about to play in the Ganger Bowl, which is right. not a bad bowl. Like Yeah, that's, that's like a good game. bowl game. A and M was going to be in the Gator Bowl. A and I was told all year, A and M was like God's gift to football because they beat Alabama. They weren't that good, but they were highly praised all year. That Rutgers, five and seven Rutgers is their replacement. Like that's crazy. Yeah, I agree. We should have, it, which hopefully we'll never have to deal with this again. But have those six and six teams on the sideline. Plug in Louisville to go play Lake Forest, or that doesn't work. They're ACC. Plug in. Um, Missouri, I don't know one of those SEC teams that just have embarrassed themselves so far. Let them go play in the Gator Bowl and get embarrassed by league Forest. That big, I would be a big fan of that.
0: Yeah, I, yeah, I, I think uh, cutting down on these junk bowl games that have gone on in these first few weeks. Uh, you know, it's it's nice for the teams. It's just it, it it doesn't mean anything to us, and it just makes the other less meaningful bowl games feel less meaningful when you know teams like. Six and yeah six and six Auburn are out there losing to Houston uh, uh, in uh in the week before new year's, so uh well
1: Houston Houston deserved better. they Houston deserve did. to be a better bowl than that game. Houston was a good team, which Auburn's weird because Auburn was better than six and six if auburn a lot of things go different, Auburn has a much better year, but that's the latest for a lot of teams. Auburn was just an enigma this year, and we talked about it so much, but Houston got royally screwed by the bowl selection. That team won 11 straight games. They lost to a Texas Tech team who was obviously pretty good. They wrecked Mississippi State and then wrote off 11 straight wins, lost to Cincinnati in the American Championship game. Cincinnati's in the dadgum playoff. And then I go, oh, Houston, you're number 20 in the country. You lost two games. Have fun in Birmingham. Like, what? They should have been, when all this stuff happened with the Gator Bowl, they should be like, get Houston in there. Let's have a shootout between Houston and Lake Forest and just let auburn just go home because they obviously that's all they wanted to do but that's again this year's been really weird with bowls but houston got so screwed by the selection
0: yeah i agree with that and i think it's just it's going to be interesting to see how these bowl games feel once they do do the expansion to that 12 team playoff or whatever the expansion will be in the playoff. I. I think you think games feel meaningless. Now imagine when all those New York six folds are playoff games and we really have meaningless games. I, I can't, it's going to be, it's going to be weird to see. And I think we're just going to be begging for playoff expansion at that point. We're just going to continue it because we're like, well, we only have 12 games that mean something. Now we need more like it. So, uh, it's going to be interesting to see, uh, your question surrounds bowl season as well, and college football fans in, in their psychology uh, of college football fans. I'll throw it to you.
1: Yes, it does. And I don't know the best way to word this, but it's about college football fans. And I think we see it the most during this time. I'm sure we see it probably around March Madness time in college basketball. But why do college football fans, and I see it mostly at the SEC, why do they take so much pride in their conference? like they say well the SEC is the best conference. like you even said earlier like when you said the Big Ten was the best conference like I, I noticed you said that people like they get really fired up about it and I just do not get it and I just want to hear your take on that philosophy like you said
0: yeah I uh I we texted about this on earlier this week and I think we're on the same side of things and I don't understand it either uh from the SEC side it seems like more of a pride thing and from the uh, I'll say from the Big Ten side and the Michigan-Michigan State side, it's kind of like a tactical thing w- the way that it's been explained to me because I don't truly understand it anyway. But the, the way it's always been explained to me uh, when t- because Michigan fans would tell me, hey, you got to root for Ohio State in the playoff because they're the Big Ten team. And it's like, wait, why? And they're like, well, if the Big Ten does well, then that makes you look better. If the Big Ten champion wins the national championship, that makes the Big Ten as a whole look better. And I'd always say, Well, no, that just makes Ohio state look better. That only, that means when, when I'm recruiting against Ohio state, they have a national championship to show to that recruit. And we don't, and that's all that matters in my mind. And, and, Michigan State fans would always tell me, well, you're not really recruiting with Ohio State anyway. It's like, well, maybe we would if we were winning national championships. And and maybe if we weren't worried about the Big Ten winning national championships and worried about our program winning national championships, then things would make a difference. And it it really gets me fired up because it's like it has no meaning. It has no stake in your life if Ohio State does well it actually negatively affects your program because they're going to be able to out recruit you because they're winning and you're losing that's just the that's that how college sports has been from the dawn of time and it's how it will continue to be you want to be successful you need your rivals to be unsuccessful because if they're successful then they're going to take away your success that's just how it goes uh so i cannot understand it and then from that side there's no tactical reason so just dispelling with that misconception of people so the only other thing is the pride thing which I from SEC fans and some Big Ten fans and I guess some conference fans there is a there's a pride in your conference and I just cannot understand that if Michigan was an independent I wouldn't care if Michigan was in the ACC I wouldn't care it's really they're a subset, a conference is a way for me to get a schedule for me to play games every year. I would not give a damn who I played every year if I was in a different conference. I do not feel any different about Indiana or Missouri. I do not feel any different about Illinois or Colorado. They are just teams that are not my team. So I cannot understand, I don't understand it. It doesn't make any sense to me. If anything I I dislike those teams more. I like I don't want to see Penn State or Ohio State or Michigan State do well. It makes me it, it makes me more mad cuz those are the teams that I'm used to seeing play my teams and get me upset by beating my teams. So it's like I am so far on the other side. I do not understand the psychology of rooting for your conference. It just makes no sense to me. Uh I want to hear your side of it because I think you're on the same side as me because it just makes no sense to me.
1: I am 100% on your side. I have heard since I was very little, it was the SEC is in the national championship. There we go. I'm like, no, Alabama's in the national championship. And I hate Alabama. When I was growing up, my dad didn't let me say the word Alabama in his house because he said it was a curse word. And I was like, all right, that's how it is. I don't say Alabama. Like, I was raised that way. Now, like, Auburn, I could care less about Auburn. Like, I come on here and I I talked about Auburn, like, very highly all year because I thought they were so much fun and just such, like, an, an enigma in college football. And I thought they were fun. Like, the Joe Burrow LSU team. I have no no scratch off my back with LSU. Whatever. I That team was so much fun to watch. Tennessee was irrelevant. Go have fun winning a national championship. Alabama, like, go dig your grave. Like, I do not care about Alabama at all. I don't get People getting fired up like, yeah, Alabama and Georgia in the college football playoff. Where we go? It's like, dog, we've already seen it. And if the predictions go as they are, we're gonna get a Georgia-Alabama national championship, and that sounds awful. Like I, no part of me can get fired up about that. And yet people are still like, well, that's that's the the boys from the SEC. We got to get fired up. That's our guys. And it's just that stupid like yee yee notion. Like I just hate it. And that's like all I hear. One of my dearest friends who I'm going to the music city bowl with he's a tennessee fan but he'll show, i guarantee it. skeeter will show up to the music city bowl he will have on his Peyton Manning jersey he will have on that stupid sec hat and i told him i was like Skeeter, i don't like that ad it just says sec and it's got all the team logos i'm like i hate like with a burning passion like 12 out of 14 teams and then there's like lsu who i just really like i can't find myself hating them and i it goes for like like the ovc When I watch Murray State play, every other team can go jump off a hill. Like, I do not care. Like, I understood 2019. I understood rooting for Belmont. Like, I hate Belmont. I I maybe hate Belmont more than Alabama. I despise that school. But I understood rooting for Belmont to make the uh, NCAA tournament a large bid because it did help the OVC. The SEC needs no help, especially SEC football. OVC basketball sure, yeah. Let's root for Belmont to get in as at-large and root for them to beat Maryland. Yeah, I get it. That makes, makes Murray State look even better. So, yeah, all it. The SEC, no. Like, the SEC right now, as we're recording, is 0-4 in bowl games. Good. I hope all of them lose. I hope Tennessee – I hope it's 1-10. I hope it's Michigan-Cincinnati in the national championship. I, like, could care less. Like, I do not get why they're just over there just, like, cuddling the SEC. It's like, no, nah, we're Tennessee fans. I like. I, I was raised a Tennessee fan, not a, a SEC fan. I, I think that passion's been lit up in me over the past week because I know. I think it was two days ago. Chattanooga played Tennessee in women's basketball, and uh, Chattanooga they have a player. Let me see her name. I ever wrote down uh, Abby Cornelius, and her post game interview. I mean, it literally it brought a tear to my eye because she talked about growing up a Tennessee fan and getting to play at TBA on. The court called the summit. She said, "Growing up, going there to watch the balls, the Lady Vols, watch Pat Summit, and it's what inspired her to play basketball. And now she's playing college basketball for the University of Tennessee at Chattanooga, and she still carries that. She bleeds orange at a different college. That's what it's all about. It's not about be oh, all the SEC. I gotta, I gotta watch my bro- my brothers in the SEC bond go win bowl games. No, we just talked about the meaningless bowl games. Who cares if Auburn wins the Birmingham Bowl?" Let's win the Music City Bowl, focus on recruiting, the transfer portal, and I'll see you next August. Like, come on, I I just, I do not get it at all. I just don't. I think it's about focusing on Knoxville, Tennessee or Murray, Kentucky, focusing on the orange and white, the blue and gold. Like, I think that's what it's about. It's not about SEC, SEC, that's the dumbest stuff ever. Now I did like, when Murray State is playing a school, like Auburn, we, we hosted Auburn. In 2018, a very good Auburn team, a young John Morant in Murray, Kentucky, a few days before Christmas. 10,000 people packed the CFSB Center. Most raucous crowd I've ever seen. We went up 12 to 3 to start the game over we a very good Auburn team. Called a timeout. I mean, just a raucous OVC champ. I thought that was awesome because he was mocking the SEC champ because SEC fans are stupid. I thought that was awesome. That's about the only time I like conference pride. And, I, like, Murray State, as we're talking right now, is thinking about leaving the OVC. I'm all for it. I don't care if Murray State has 27 OVC championships. Let's go win a Missouri Valley championship next year and get our numbers up there. Like, it does not matter what conference you're in. I get loyalty and all that, but college sports is such, like, a snake-ridden thing that who cares? But someone's going to bite you, but there's no sense in being loyal to literally anything in college sports because you got to watch out for yourself and yourself only. And that's how I think it is. And that's my long rant about all that.
0: Yeah, I I, absolutely. I'll just piggyback off that last thing. Yeah. Your, your players are very rarely looking out for like the program. Your co your coaches are very rarely looking out for the program. I mean, like really in college sports, it's the fan base that's looking out for the program, like for the most part, that's it. So I cannot understand, like, then looking out for the governing body of your fan of your, I can't, it just does not make sense to me. It cannot put it together in my mind, but uh, I, if you guys disagree, feel free to reach out to us. Let us know. Uh, maybe if you win the college football pick'em, you can get onto the show and you can talk to us about it because uh, that is obviously up for grabs. We'll see how it's doing. I haven't even checked in on that to see how it's doing yet, so we'll we'll definitely have to check in and see how how people are faring in that. Uh, we are going to move on. We're going to wrap up 2021 with our favorite things. We want we've been doing drafts all year. We wanted to do a little bit of a bias give you our favorite things that happened this year Uh, from our perspective as sports fans. uh, We're going to give you our favorite moments, our favorite highlights, our favorite player and our favorite team, and probably our favorite game as well uh, of 2021. Uh, We'll start with, we'll start with the big one, the favorite moment, Dylan, in 2021, what was your favorite sports moment?
1: So favorite moment is different than favorite highlight, correct? Correct. Okay. Just making sure. My favorite moment is definitely the play, the final playing game between Memphis and um, Golden State. It's I guess it's not a singular moment, but it was those last crunch time minutes, Ja versus Steph, basically a one v one game, and Ja coming out on top. Why? And I've talked so much about watching Ja going from a freshman at Murray State to where he is now, a superstar in the NBA, and that really like we've talked about this year how he's kind of took a step up. I think it started literally in those last few minutes in Oakland against Steph Curry. He got that confidence. He made those clutch buckets. And, I mean, he beat the Golden State Warriors. He took down Steph Curry and to get to the playoffs. And, obviously, he went on, and I'm going to talk about what he did in the playoffs a little bit later. But, yeah, that, just those last few minutes, the, the clutch moments from John Morant, so my favorite moment was the clutch moments for John Morant in, uh, against Go- the Golden State Warriors in that play-in game. I just, all the, those tough shots, the tough layups he had, just, I just loved it. It just filled, filled me with so much joy. I loved it so much. Uh, What was your favorite moment of the year that was 2021?
0: So my favorite moment, and it's, it's tough to call this a moment, but it's about five minutes in time. And it's when Michigan beat Ohio state. And it's specifically in between when Hassan Haskins scored his fifth touchdown and the kickoff uh, after that, uh, because I talked about it earlier this week or on a different show a couple of months ago, probably right after the game. It was like, I was doing the math in my head, trying to figure out how Ohio state could come back, you know, score a touchdown, get an onside kick. I was thinking like, it's not really over, but it's kind of like, it almost is. And then I hear someone from behind me go, bye-bye. And I look down and I see a mass of Ohio state fans leaving the big house. And that moment, that feeling of like, Oh my God, they're leaving. We, We actually did it. Like they don't believe it anymore. And that that the moment from that moment on uh, through uh, the Michigan Stadium playing Pump It Up and uh, the Seven Nation Army, which was the loudest I've ever heard Michigan Stadium. uh, It was just the happiest I've ever been during a football game, maybe any sports moment in general, other than when I used to play sports, because like it was just like. So much weight being lifted off of 100,000 people's shoulders at the same time. It was like, we finally beat Ohio State. We're finally going to the Big Ten Championship. We finally have a chance to play for the playoff. It, it was, and it was just like in five minutes, everyone just let it out. Everyone was like, let's go. And that's, that That will always go back to it. That's a moment that I'll live on uh, in my life forever. And it happened this year. So I'm happy to have it as my favorite moment. Uh, favorite highlight. We'll go to highlight now. What was your favorite highlight?
1: I want to piggyback off what you just said because I also had a really cool moment that I didn't even think of um, this year from college football being at a game. I went to the Kentucky-Tennessee game, like I talked about so much. And that game, Kentucky, like everyone thought Kentucky was going to win. And that was a huge one for Tennessee because Tennessee was trying to get bowl eligible playing one of these meaningless bowl games, as we talked about. And Kentucky and Tennessee, very different ends of the spectrum in the SEC right now. And I going to that game, I was like, I'm going to go see my friends that live in Lexington. And I'm going to have a good time. I'll get to watch the Vols as a plus. Like, cool. When Tennessee got fourth down stop in, like, the final minutes when no one was getting stops in that game, and I was like, there's 30 seconds left. They don't have any timeouts. And just – I was in the U.K. student section in orange, and everyone's just leaving, and I can finally hear Rocky top. I was like, oh, my God, we won. This is sick. And that like, – I, I get that euphoric – uh, feeling that you had obviously yours was a lot much bigger than what I had because Tennessee always be 2K but this year it was a little bit more question Uh I just I can I can uh I, I was there with you. I get what you're saying. I can kind of understand what you're feeling. Cause it was it was just euphoric. It was so cool. Just hear like UK fans complaining and then Rocky Top chiming in over mm. I like if I could have that feeling every day that's like what I would strive for because it felt so good. But to piggyback off that, my favorite highlight of 2021 has to do with the Tennessee Volunteers, but not the football team. I'm looking at the baseball team. We talked about them quite a bit when we first started the Dylan and Dylan show. I'm going back to the NCAA Tournament, the regional round at Lindsey Nelson Stadium on the rivers of the Tennessee, on the banks of the Tennessee River, in Knoxville, Tennessee. Uh, they're playing Wright State in the regionals. Wright State's up 8-5, to five, bottom of the ninth inning. Tennessee bases loaded, Drew Gilbert comes up to bat, 0 1 count, one out, hits a walk off grand slam into the Tennessee River. One of the loudest eruptions I've ever heard from Tennessee fans. If Tennessee has any reputation, it's that their fans are crazy and they get really loud. And Lindsey Nelson Stadium only holds like, I think it's 13,000 people. I don't know if I've ever heard 13,000 people get louder. Like, I was watching the video earlier, just kind of remembering it all and feeling all the emotions i was like oh my god i might go deaf because i not to flex on everybody got new air airpods for christmas and i was like oh my god the sound it's gonna make me go deaf and then the the rocky top after that it's again it's that euphoric feeling you get from sports and it just it felt so good uh obviously fantasy baseball did not end how everybody expected it to this past year but it said um Kind of like I talked about Tennessee football, trying to get momentum. Tennessee baseball has so much momentum going into next year. It's a really, really fun time on Rocky and That's kind of been, as I look back at 2021, I see just kind of the, the wheels turn on Rocky Topham. It's a lot of fun. That grand slam has a lot to do with Tennessee baseball. Really, really fun highlight. I'm excited to get that out on the social media because everyone gets to relive it. And it's really, really cool. So sorry to Wright State fans because I'm sure you guys hate that. And there's a walk-off home run that I also hate from this year that I do not want to relive. So if you're right, stay pit, maybe avoid that on the old Twitter timeline. But uh, I'll throw it to you for your favorite highlight of the year that was, 2021.
0: Yeah, I'm excited to get these highlights out on social media as well. Uh, I have two because I couldn't pick between my biased pick and my unbiased pick. Uh, for my unbiased pick, I went with Oklahoma's DJ Graham's interception against Nebraska. And that has a special place for us because it kind of blew up on our social media too, but... D.J. Graham, I mean, that was maybe the best interception I've ever seen, and I think we just kind of have forgotten about it. I mean, the uh, the physics of what he did, I still can't like comprehend how he how he like got to that ball and then made it stick to his hand. I can still cannot understand it. A uh, big interception to end up helping them beat Nebraska. Uh, still in awe of it and happy. I mean, that's that that is maybe one of the best catches I've ever seen of my life so i uh, more than happy to have it as my favorite highlight but my bias pick i went with michael barrett to aj henning on the kick return uh it was a week before michigan played ohio State was against maryland uh i've never seen like a special teams that prepared for something like that because maryland went for a pooch kick and we were ready for it we had our, our shorter man be ready to throw back to our return man on the other side of the field i mean that's i think what like shows like there's a difference between this Michigan football team. It's like, oh, they did, they have this ready. All right. We're going to have this ready. And it worked to perfection. Uh, and it's like, if you can pull out a trick play on a kick return, that's one of the, the, it's hard. It's one of the hardest things to do because you have the least amount of control where the ball is going in the, so when you do that successfully, it's so cool to me. And uh, I'm happy. Happy to have it. It was one of my favorite plays from the Michigan football season. Uh, Happy to have it as my favorite highlight. Uh, We'll go to favorite game now. As you said, you had your favorite game. So what's your favorite game?
1: I do. Uh, This one was not uh, a planned thing, but this was a – before we recorded, I was like, hey, I was doing my research, looking at my stuff, and I I just had to mention this. Favorite game by far, Final Four, UCLA-Gonzaga. That was, I, I just remember getting ready for that game and it felt like a big game. So I, I was covering it. I remember that. And I, was, I was so excited. Because I was like, it feels like David versus Goliath. And that's what it felt like through the whole game. UCLA kept hitting big shots. Gonzaga wouldn't go away. Jalen Suggs, the game winner at the end to set up an amazing championship game between Gonzaga and Baylor. what we thought it was, was going to be an amazing championship game. Baylor obviously ran away with it. But that final four game, I mean, if you, have forgot about it or whatever uh check out the highlights on youtube uh it was an amazing game that's what i did before we started was just kind of take it all in and and you can probably find the full game on youtube i do that a lot with with really good games i'm going to go back and watch someone will upload it it'll be on there you can find it definitely take a look back at it because that was a special tournament game that was just two teams that really wanted it and they just went at it for Forty minutes and then a little bit more. Uh, and James Suggs obviously made that incredible shot that led to him getting drafted fifth overall by the Magic. Uh, and Just an amazing. It it just encapsulated an amazing NCAA tournament and what March Madness is all about. But yeah, that was my favorite game definitely this year. UCLA Gonzaga in the Final Four. Now, I have a feeling I know what your favorite game from 2021 was. What would that? What might that be?
0: Yeah, uh, a pretty obvious one here. Michigan beating Ohio State was the highlight of my 2021, so it's obviously my favorite game of 2021. Just I'll I'll attack it from another angle, just the atmosphere that Michigan Stadium had on that day. uh, People have talked about it. I think Joel Klatt said it was the best atmosphere he's he's ever seen in a a sporting event. Uh, I think it was Brady Quinn or Matt Leiner, one of them said it was the best college football atmosphere he'd ever seen. Uh, Coming from those guys, it's like, that That's, that's a, that's saying something. Uh, it, it was, I mean, I've been to Michigan football games and Michigan stadium has a reputation of being one of the quieter, big stadiums in the country. It was not quiet on that day. It was very, very loud and the the snow coming down and all everything that had to do with that game. Uh, it was just perfect. Chef's kiss. Uh, it couldn't have done, couldn't have been better. So I'm very happy with, uh very happy with that game. No doubt. Uh, we'll switch. Favorite team, uh, who was your favorite team of 2021?
1: I had a tie. I really could not choose. And I went with the St. Louis Cardinals and the Tennessee Volunteer Football Team. And I think it's a tie because my expectations were so low at points for both of them. The Cardinals started off on a real high. Like, they, had, they were, like, number one in the entire MLB record-wise, like, halfway through May. And I was like, okay, the Cardinals might have something special and then the entire team got decimated with injuries and they went real downhill. And then obviously they went on like a devil magic run late where they won 17 straight games, limped their way into the playoffs. And obviously that stuff with the Dodgers happened that we don't have to talk about. But it was an amazing run, it really was. And I, I, it, we talked about it a lot this year, but I feel like 2021 was the year that I refell in love with baseball. And part of that was the St. Louis Cardinals team. Cause they were so talented, And that's kind of what made them so frustrating at times because they kept losing games. And I I hope that's not a trend they follow in 2022 because there is so much talent in St. Louis. And they really they should be at the top of the NL Central. I don't care what Milwaukee's doing. They they should be up there. But what the way they were able to start the season and end the season, they've been so much fun. I don't want to stick on the negatives because I do love them. Like they, they made it so much fun. Um, watching Tyler O'Neill, Nolan Arenado, and Paul Goldschmidt just absolutely tear it up it was just incredible. Uh, getting to go back to Busch Stadium this year after not getting to go the year before uh, was just it just felt right. That place, if you've never been to Busch Stadium, I highly recommend it. That's the ballpark that I grew up going to, it, so it just feels like home. But it really is. It's just such a special place. And like people call it baseball heaven, and I 100% agree with that. It's it's just so special. And then the Vols football. I mean. Oh my goodness, I had no expectations. I thought they maybe would win three games. They lost 35 players by, via transfer before Josh Heupel came in. I mean, literally zero expectations. Joe Milton threw a touchdown pass against Bowling Green State. And I was like, all right, that's that's the highlight of the season. There we go. And I mean, I literally, that was the expectation this year. And then obviously Milton got hurt against Pittsburgh. Hendon Hooker came in, had a decent showing. And then it literally was all up from there. He he took over the starting job with a good start against Tech, Tennessee Tech, and then played big, played decent against Florida. And then it was literally all uphill from there. Killed South Carolina, Missouri. Matt set all the momentum for going seven and five, and hopefully uh, a big win in the Music City Bowl. So it's just a lot of fun because the offense was so fun. I don't know, a lot a lot of fun stuff with zero expectations, which is always really really cool when you have very low expectations to get cool results. It's been, a, it's been really really fun watching the balls covering the balls watching the cardinals covering the cardinals excited for what 2022 holds for both of those teams and all my teams to be honest uh i have a feeling i know what your favorite team is of 2021, <laughs> but i don't know i'll let you have the floor
0: I'll, I'll split it because i i have both of them written down michigan football obviously but michigan basketball also had a great season last year and i don't want to not give them their shine because it it was a lot of fun to go through that Big Ten season as dominant as we were. And that's, you know, the 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 two spectrums of what Michigan has given me this year because Michigan basketball, you know, I kind of assume they're going to be good this year. Like I like I said, uh I've talked about, you know, what we've had high expectations for this Michigan basketball team. They've already lost a few games and in past years before the John Beeline era, we probably wouldn't have cared. But now it's like we care about Michigan basketball because we have expectations of them being good and that Part of that was last year being the best team in the Big Ten and being, you know, a national title contender. Uh, So that was, I mean, that was a lot of fun watching Franz and Hunter Dickinson and those guys do what they did last year, uh, get Mike Smith from Columbia as a transfer and him come out and play so well. Sean D. Brown from Wake Forest come transfer and play so well. It, it, It was a lot of fun. But obviously this Michigan football team has just been, you know, Like you said blowing expectations off the off the door off the hinges for me so uh, I mean it's it's been a magical ride and it it could all be I want to say this about Michigan football it would have all been different had we just lost to Ohio State it would be same old Michigan if it if things would have been different in that game but we didn't we beat ohio state we went on to destroy iowa in the, in the big 10 championship game and now they're one of my favorite teams of all time and they're going to have a, a place in my heart for the rest of my life so that's just how finicky sports can be one you know 21 points is basically all that changes your season from a, a disaster to the best season in 20 some years so uh but i'm happy about it i can't i can't complain about it uh last but not least Your favorite player of 2021, who was that?
1: It'll come as a huge surprise to everyone, I'm sure. But it's Ja Morant of the Memphis Grizzlies. I just – I, it came down to Ja or Derrick Henry, and I had to go Ja. I just – I have just – it's a deeper connection with Ja. Obviously, watching him since he was a freshman at Mary State, getting him getting drafted number two overall. And just – I had no connection with the Memphis Grizzlies before Ja got drafted. I could have cared less. I was the guy that was like, all right, I watched the NBA. I kind of like – if I was watching, like going out of my way to watch something, it was usually the Cavaliers or Lakers because that's who – or the Heat back in the day because that's where LeBron was. And That's what I was interested in. But since I got drafted, I've watched almost every Grizzlies game for the past three years. So I got to see my guy play. And he's just – I don't know. It's so much fun. It's just this pride that – as someone from Murray, Kentucky, a Murray State alumni – just seeing the pride for myself and literally at that community of people watching Ja do these things has been awesome. And to kind of piggyback that, on Monday night in uh, Phoenix when they played the Suns, there were three Murray State racers on the court. It was Ja Campaign, who has become an electric uh, backup point guard for the Phoenix Suns. And then Shaq Buchanan got signed to a 10-day contract. Wrote an article about that on tdsportsbag.com, which you can check out. But uh, all three guys on the court, very, very special thing for a smallman, major school, you don't see that. Three guys in the NBA, all in the same game. That was just awesome. And obviously, the guy at the top of that mountain is John Morant. He's done so much for the community of Murray, the community of Murray State, and now in Memphis. So he just his stock as a star just keeps going up and up and up. And I'm so excited for the ride that his career is going to be. And I can only wish him good health. And I'm ex- just so excited to see where it goes because he really is. He's just turning into a superstar. Man, it is so much fun to watch. Like, I, I don't even have to talk about the things he's done because you guys have heard me talk about them literally every week. I just get to praise him. And it's just, I don't know, it's just been so much fun. And I, it, was, it was really a slam dunk for me to pick him as my uh, favorite athlete of 2021. Uh, I'll throw it to you for your favorite athlete of 2021.
0: Uh yeah, I had a tie up at my top and I couldn't decide between two players and one's professional one's college so I I couldn't decide uh for I had to get the bias the Michigan the Aiden Hutchinson in there because uh in terms of Michigan players uh I I I'm interested I'm always interested to see how the narrative around Michigan football is from people that aren't Ohio State and Michigan State fans because I've, I've I think one of the things that's been kind of s- synonymous with Michigan is having players that are very talented but don't really perform we had Rashawn Gary who was the number one overall recruit really didn't do much at Michigan in three years uh Jabril Peppers was a Heisman finalist he had one interception in his time at Michigan people really don't like he didn't have we have a lot of guys with talent with no stats to back it up Aiden Hutchinson is not that guy. Aiden Hutchinson has the stats. He has the talent and you can see it. It's like one of the few guys in my time at Michigan where it's like, you just have to watch him play a couple snaps and it's like, okay, yeah, he's one of the best players in the country. There's no doubt when he blew up that left tackle for Ohio state, that play that's, I'm sure you can find it on social media all over the place. That was, that's a first, that's a potential first round pick that he made look silly. And that that's what, it separates him in my mind Michigan football players haven't done that in my lifetime he was the first one that really did that so he has to have a spot uh but for 2021 as a whole I think Akil Badu is my favorite player and my favorite athlete uh in terms of that Tigers team obviously they they kind of fall under the radar they're going to be good next year I have really high hopes for that Tigers team next year block out not you know avoiding a lockout obviously but Akil Badu was a big part of why I was really excited about this Tigers team he was uh from day one from the spring training we were all everyone was saying he's going to be good he's going to make the team and he's going to be good uh came out and was just on fire to start the year and is uh, every time you tuned into the Tigers it seemed like he was doing something awesome like I turned it on he was hitting the triple I turned it on he's hitting the home run I turned it on he's making the diving catch and those are like my favorite types of baseball players where it's like, you can't keep him off the screen because he's doing so much. And, and it's tough to do that as a baseball player. There's very little times you get a chance to make your impact on the game. And I, I feel like Akil Badu is one of those dudes that does it every time you give him the opportunity. If he has a real chance to do something, he will take that opportunity. So uh, it was a lot of fun to watch him this year. I'm really hoping he's a big part of the the Tigers rebuild because I'm, I'm saying watch out for the Tigers next year. As long as we have a season, uh, they're going to be looking pretty good. But uh, we'll get some graphics out for that as well. Uh, happy with both of those lists. Uh, it was a good 2021 year for both of our sports fandoms uh, and excited for what 2022 will bring.
1: It's, it's crazy because, like, I think I tend more to the pessimistic side when I think about sports, but it really was, like, a really solid year. Like, Tennessee made the NCAA tournament in basketball, and then, Tennessee baseball made the college world series. The Titans obviously coming off a playoff for the Western Ravens. Obviously now they're looking at going to the playoffs again, the Vols football team looks like they're going to be terrible in a bowl game. The Grizzlies when the play play in played the jazz hard. I mean, they're in the playoffs and then the Cardinals made the playoffs. I made the postseason and everything. I mean, what a year. I thought I didn't think much of this year at all, but I mean, Made the postseason, everything. It, pretty cool feeling looking back.
0: Yeah, it was pretty, pretty solid, pretty solid year for you for sure. Uh, my professional teams weren't as successful, but at least like on the right trajectory. At least all of them. You know, Pistons got Kate Cunningham in the draft, or the roster's shaping up. Like I said, I think the Tigers are going to be looking pretty good, and even you know the Lions are losing a lot, but I think a lot of people are ex- happy to see what they've seen from the Lions and Dan Campbell in year one, and I wanted them to be bad this year. I told everyone I want them to be shooting for a number one overall pick. We've got a chance for that in these last three weeks, so I really can't complain about that.
1: I got to mention this before I forget it because I always do. My younger brother, who has been a Tennessee Titans fan his entire life, has fallen in love with the Dan Campbell-led Detroit Lions. And I don't know why. Literally every week, it's not like Hunter watches football every Sunday from start of kick to Sunday night football. Every Sunday he'll call me. He's like, How are the Lions doing? I'm like, I don't know. They're probably <laughs> losing. I I am not keeping tabs on the Lions. He's like, I gotta know. Have they won? And I I really regret not mentioning this the week they beat the Vikings. He was we were together and we lost our minds when Jared Goff hit that touchdown. His time expired. And he's like, That's it, I'm a Lions fan. I was like, All right. So if the Lions and Titans play any root for us, he's like, I don't know. That'll be a tough one. I'm like, Oh my goodness. You've been converted to a lion's man. What a crazy, crazy scenario.
0: You do not want to do that. Uh, I'm telling your little brother to n- hop off the train before you get too far away because it's only pain coming your way. There's no, there is no joy at the end of that tunnel. Uh, we will move on to this week in sports. Uh, Fittingly, we'll stick with the NFL. We're looking at the NFL playoff pictures. The Lions are nowhere close to those playoff pictures. While the Titans are very much in those playoff pictures. Uh, The NFC has five of the spots clinched. Well, only one team is secured in the AFC right now, there's obviously some teams that are going to make it. We're just kind of waiting to see where they're going to fall in this old playoff spot. Uh, NFC has San Fran, Philly, Minnesota, Atlanta, New Orleans, and Washington all alive for those final two spots. Well, the AFC has 12 teams with undecided fates. Uh, so quickly, the scenarios for Week 17. Tennessee could clinch the AFC South with a win or a Colts loss. Uh, Cincy could clinch the AFC North with a win. The Bills can clinch the playoffs by winning or a couple of teams losing. Uh, the Rams are battling for the NFC West. Uh, San Francisco and Philly could both clinch their spots in the NFC this week. Uh, San Fran's path is a little bit more clear. They, they need a win over Houston and a Saints loss to Carolina to clinch. Uh, so, Dylan, a lot of opening up there. Uh, what is your of, – of the playoff pictures, of the playoff scenarios that you're looking at, what intrigues you the most, what do you want to talk about the most? What is the, you know, what's the most up in the air? What 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 do you want to talk about in terms of the playoff picture?
1: So I'm hyper focused on the AFC South obviously. I think that and this weekend's a very interesting game because the Titans are hosting the Dolphins. The Dolphins are currently they're that uh last wild card spot in the AFC. And if the playoffs started Sunday, it would be Titans, Dolphins. That's what it would be. So this was Hypothetically, this is what the playoffs would look like. And obviously, the Dolphins need to win a lot more than the Titans do. Titans are sitting pretty. But if the Titans win, they clinch the South. The Titans still also, it's possible for them to get the one seed. So, obviously, eyes locked on that matchup in Nashville between the Titans and Dolphins. But I'm also very much looking at the matchup in Cincinnati this weekend between the Bengals and the Kansas City Chiefs. I have no idea how NBC did not flex that into Sunday Night Football because that could be the biggest game of the year. I mean, Joe Burrow's coming off a game where he threw for 525 yards. And they're like, oh, what's your next test? You get the Kansas City Chiefs, who are on fire. Patrick Mahomes, in his career, is 26-1 and in the months of November, December, and January. Well, it's January. Have fun, Joe Burrow and the Bengals. They're hot, but Kansas City, they're almost unbeatable at this time of year. And I think it's going to be a real test of a young team in Cincinnati, and it's it could be a star-making performance for a lot of guys in Cincinnati. If Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase, Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins, all those young receivers, they can step up, get a big win over Kansas City, hand the one seed on the platter to the Tennessee Titans would be pretty cool. Also, the Bengals could clinch the AFC North. Who would have ever thought that? That division stacked. I remember when we talked about uh, all these divisions and stuff and all the teams when we were doing our rankings before the season, we both said like the Bengals have a lot of potential. There's a lot there, but just not yet. And the Bengals said, "Nah, we're we're good. We're we're just gonna win. And that's what they've done all year. They're going for the tenth win. Unfortunately, it's against the Kansas City Chiefs. But they're I mean they're sitting pretty. They they probably need to win one of the last two. Uh, but the AFC it can get so wacky because there's so many teams that are nine and six, eight and seven. Even though seven and eight teams are still somewhat alive because things can get wacky. So I. There's so much to watch. There's so many things that can happen. But I think those with those top three seeds, Kansas City, Tennessee, and Cincinnati, There's a, those three the things I'm watching right now because obviously my Titans, I want them to get that one seed and that Kansas City-Cincinnati matchup could be, I mean, they were talking about this morning on Good Morning Football, like it could be a freebie of the AFC Championship, which I don't like, but it would be a lot of fun if we do get a fun game, which I expect. I don't know what others expect out of Cincinnati-Kansas City, but I saw, I saw that was the matchup for Sunday and I got I was like, Maybe I should go to Cincinnati from Nashville this weekend. That, <laughs> like, that that would be kind of fun because that game looks like it's just just going to be awesome. Like, I I don't know if you remember that Monday night game a couple years ago, Kansas City against LA. It was oh like yeah, fifty four fifty one. That's what I expect out of this game. It probably won't be, but that's what I expect. So I just think it's going to be awesome. Like, I, I don't think I've ever been this fired up about like a regular season NFL game that's not a Titans game. But I'm like really excited to watch Chiefs Bengals. So I think it's just going to be awesome. It's like the showcase of the future of the NFL because Burrow, Burrow is the man, and we obviously know Mahomes is on a different level. But yeah, that's I. That was the very uh, elongated description of the two games I'm really looking forward to this weekend. Uh, what are you looking at as tar- as far as these playoff races?
0: Yeah, I, I mean that Titans Dolphins game is really intriguing to me because I, I think you're you're going to see really the rubber meet the road for one of these two teams, because the dolphins are obviously on this, this storybook win streak that all of a sudden now, if they extend it to a 10 game win streak, they can make the playoffs. all of a sudden uh, the, the Titans on the other hand are just keep winning without, you know, Derek Henry and the, and the boys back there. And it seems like they're just kind of getting by. I think both of the, one of these teams is going to realize, okay, Hey, we really need Derek Henry back or, Hey, we're really not that good. And we're not a playoff team. I, I think, uh, Obviously, the, my favor goes towards the Titans. I think the Titans are a little bit better. If you lose seven games during the season, like in a row at some point, even if you go on to win seven games in a row, like the Dolphins have done, you're still that team that lost seven games in a row at one point. Uh, so I think the rubber will meet the road for Miami. But it's intriguing. I think, like, two of the hottest teams in the NFL right now, the Titans and the and the Dolphins. So it uh, really exciting to see that. And I really want to see how that Rams-Cardinals – the, the NFC West division plays out. I know obviously both those teams are going to make the playoffs, but uh, I think you're going to see the respect for one of those teams go way up by whichever team wins the division. And I think it's obvious why, because those are the two teams I think have stuck out in the NFC this year that are just, uh, you know, a step above what everyone thought they were going to be. Uh, and if the Cardinals can go on without DeAndre Andre Hopkins for the rest of the year and beat out the Rams, or if the Rams can go on to, you know, put it together, uh, Stafford kind of cleans up what his interception problem that he's had these past couple of weeks and, and they go on to clinch that NFC West. I think one of those teams along with the bucks and the Packers are going to be the favorites out of the NFC. Uh, and I think that's, you know, the NFC is decided right now, but it's, I feel like there's so many good teams out there that could all win where the AFC, it's like the chiefs, the Titans, kind of everyone else. And I don't really see anyone I else. I don't even see like the bills. I, I, I think they're interesting, but I, I, I still think uh, on an even field, the Patriots are going to beat the bills. And I think that's even with, you know I think bill Belichick is just that much better of a coach I'm still not sold that Josh Allen is this generational quarterback that everyone wants me to, wants to tell me he is. I think he's very, very good. He's got really, really good receivers around him too. Stefan Diggs is a, is a very, very good receiver. I think the fact that the Patriots are playing almost to their level with their roster shows me that just give them a couple more players, they'd be 10 times better than the bills. So I I can't, I, I can't like jump on that bills bandwagon. I think the NFC is a little bit better just because, The Packers are so good. You know, I I think the Cardinals and the Rams are are really, really good. And the Buccaneers obviously have their, have their shot and they're going to have a chance, but the NFC is way more interesting. I'm really excited to see how that all plays out because, you know, two through seven is such a crapshoot. I have no idea how that's going to finish out. And that's, what's going to be interesting to see how week 17 plays out.
1: Yeah. And I mean, looking at it, I've got the standings pulled up. the, like you said two through seven it really is a crapshoot whereas the nfc like right now you can have the eagles are more than likely going to make the playoffs san fran might be in trouble with jimmy g getting hurt so that opens up a spot for maybe minnesota or atlanta maybe new orleans and we just saw new orleans on monday night football that was tough so that's the bottom of the nfc i mean that's ugh, that's tough when it's the bottom of the afc it's you could see those teams maybe getting hot. Like the Chargers could steal that spot from Miami. I don't think anyone Absolutely. wants to see the Chargers. I don't think anyone wants to see them. So I – and we've also – I forgot to mention this. There's one more game I wanted to mention. Monday night we get Pittsburgh versus Cleveland, and that that could be huge for playoff, and, uh, for playoff stuff because AFC North, obviously, they're going at it. They're both – they're tied in uh, – or Cleveland 7-8, and eight, Pittsburgh 7-7-1. Seven, seven and one. Shout out to the Lions. Um, so that whoever wins that game obviously gets lifted above the other. Baltimore's in a weird spot right above them. A lot of weird stuff can happen in the AFC in these last two weeks. And it's gonna be a lot of fun to watch.
0: Yeah, if that Lions tie comes back to bite Sanford or uh Pittsburgh in the butt, I, I'm gonna laugh so hard because you can't that's on you. You can't let those lions tie you, to be honest. That's on you. Uh it it's and honestly, I'm not very happy about it either because it's kind of screwing us in our uh, in our hunt for the number one pick. So, uh, yeah, that's yeah. going to be interesting, too. And the Steelers-Cleveland uh, uh, rivalry is always fun to watch, so that's going to be a fun Monday night game to watch for sure.
1: They would be 8-7 and seven right now, so that would put them tied right with Miami, and I don't know how that tiebreaker would work. I, I don't know if they've played. But hypothetically, they could be in the playoffs right now if they would have just not tied the right. Lions, which –
0: is insane (laughs) the lions lions i mean think about the the lions have lost so many games and then we we beat the cardinals we tied with pittsburgh and beat the vikings all teams with playoff aspirations right now like we've affected so many playoff hopes even though we have zero of our own which is I don't know if I could sum up the Lions in any better way than that. Uh, <laughs> we are just affecting people. We aren't really doing much of anything on our own. Uh, we will move on to the college football playoff preview. This is our last show before the college football playoff. Our picks are in. You can see them on the, on the, the college football pick them, but we wanted to preview these games, Michigan versus Georgia, Alabama versus Cincinnati. And then obviously the national championship game. So Dylan, What are your overall thoughts on the college football playoff as they approach on Friday?
1: I'm really excited. I think this year's playoff provides a breath of fresh air, but it also has that stank of what we've seen from the playoffs before. And that breath of fresh air comes with Michigan and Cincinnati. And that stank is Alabama and Georgia. And I don't know. It's just that, I don't know. And obviously obviously coming from me, I don't like either of these schools i don't I just don't like these teams at all, so it's kind of just become boring to see the 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 A and the G over and over again and I don't know it's just become uh i don't know like a chore just looking at the graphics and like ugh, again so i I'm just really excited to see new blood uh in the in the playoffs. It maybe provides hope i hope anyways uh because i the Alabama Cincinnati. I talked about the UCLA Gonzaga game, and that was a David versus Goliath, and the Cincinnati, Alabama game really feels like a David versus Goliath. Like I, like my brain tells me that Cincinnati does not have a shot in the world. Like I watched Murray State stay like they were tied with Cincinnati at halftime on 9 eleven, and I'm like, Murray State could not touch Alabama. like I love my races, but they couldn't. So I'm like, my my head tells me. There's no way that Cincinnati can even play with Alabama. But then my heart's like, you know, there's some dogs. Like I saw Cincinnati come out of halftime and throw down 42 points, like it was nothing. So I'm like, I don't know. I was like, they have a Maude Gardner, they have Kobe Bryant, Desmond Ritter's a stud. Like I, there's been a lot of Desmond Ritter slander. That guy can play some football, and I think he, he might show out against an Alabama defense that's good. But it's not like the Alabama defenses we've seen over past years that Alabama defense has been hyped up because they played a bad Georgia offense and that's a game they showed out in. So I think that's something to keep an eye on. I, my head tells me Alabama is going to win, but I really, really want Cincinnati to beat Alabama. I just think that would be awesome. The, the power, or the group of five school finally gets a chance and they beat the power five school. That would be just an incredible story. And then Michigan, Georgia, I really think that's a toss up. I know a lot of people are saying, Georgia, they think Georgia's going to win. I don't know. I, Georgia's good. Do, do not get me wrong, but we talked about it. Their resume's not all that impressive. Their best wins, Kentucky or Tennessee, which I think both those teams are fine. The SEC was kind of overrated this year, and we've started to see that through the bowl season. So Georgia doesn't have this just incredible resume. They beat Clemson 10 to nothing, 10 to 7, whatever it was. It was not by a big margin over it. Not very good, Clemson team. I I don't know. I I think Michigan's got the much better resume, the much better wins. I I think Michigan will play closer with Alabama than what Georgia did because Michigan's got an offense where Georgia doesn't. I I just think I like my head again with the like the alabama Cincinnati game. My head tells me Georgia because I've been cut. I've been kind of brainwashed to know like Georgia they're the this dominant force this year. They're basically like the two thousand three Miami team, which is the narrative people try to tell us every year, but I don't know. Michigan just feel, feels like a team of destiny. And I just think it would be so much fun if I, in one of these games, I need Michigan or Cincinnati to win. I just need it to happen. Cause I just, if Alabama and Georgia play in the national championship, I will have no desire to watch that game. That just does not sound fun. I need, I need either your Wolverines or the Bearcats to come out on top. And I think, I think Michigan, I think that one's more realistic. I, I really do. I just think it's, it's more likely to happen. Like you said, Georgia's defensive coordinator's done. That is their team. It's their defense. That's what has won them so many games. It's not Stetson Bennett going out there and winning games for them. And boy, oh boy, he's going to have a time with Aiden Hutchinson, that Wolverine defense. I don't know. I, I'm talking myself into it more and more. I could see Michigan winning that game. And, they, man, I, I'm not crazy about Georgia right now. But, obviously, we just saw them get exposed by Alabama. I don't know. It's been a lot of fun. Obviously I'm siding over with my heart. I want I won a Cincinnati Michigan national championship. That's probably unlikely, but we shall see. Uh what are your thoughts? Obviously, probably a little bit more biased with one matchup, but what are your thoughts on both games?
0: Yeah, I'll save my bias for a second. I'll we'll talk about Cincinnati and Alabama first. Uh like like you said, I think Alabama and Cincinnati the on paper it's uh, a no contest. I think obviously Alabama has Everything that you would want to beat a group of five team like Cincinnati, but uh there's a f- couple things that make me think okay, Cincinnati can uh maybe compete, maybe keep it close, maybe pull off the upset. Like you said, Ahmad Gardner and, and Kobe Bryant, those are the two best corners in college football. Uh regardless of team, group of five, power five, regardless that means they can maybe take away Alabama's best players, which are Jamison Williams, their outside corners. If they can take away that deep threat that Alabama brings, I'd like to see what Alabama's offense looks like without that deep threat because that's what Michigan did to Ohio State. And I would, just, I would put Ohio State's offense and Alabama's offense at a very similar, at a very similar point. They do very similar things. If you can keep everything in front of you, You make sure they never beat you over the top. They cannot beat you over the top, get those big plays because that's what opens up their run game. That's what opens up. But if you can keep everything in front of you, always making those open field tackles and making sure that they're not beating you with those big plays, then you can kind of play that slow pace kind of game where if you're playing on offense, then you have a shot, then you can, you can maybe have a shot. And that's the formula that Cincinnati needs to have. Obviously I don't, I don't think it's going to happen, but I'm I'm hoping it happens. I'm I'm like like you said, I really want Cincinnati to win that game, um, especially because look, like, Michigan fans can get very delusional very quickly, and they saw that SEC championship game and saw you know oh Georgia's all, won all of a sudden not very good and Alabama is beatable all of a sudden they think because they lost to Texas A and M and it's like look guys these teams still can recruited way better than us for the past few years. They still have more talent than we do. On their A game, Alabama would blow Michigan out of the water. So we're going to need some extra things to happen to beat an Alabama team. Or we could just take our chances with the Cincinnati team, which we recruited better than for the past few years, which that's what I'm rooting for. I'm really hope – I'm not overlooking Cincinnati, but if I – I'm not I'm not going to lie to you and say we have a the same chance to beat Alabama that we do Cincinnati. No, we have a better chance to beat Cincinnati than Alabama. So I'm hoping Cincinnati gets there. For Georgia, I will say I do think we match up well with Georgia. The 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 problems I think it's going to be a low scoring game regardless just because, you know, what Georgia does well takes away what Michigan's offense wants to do, uh and I just don't think their offense is going to do much of anything, especially without, you know, they there was a there was a rumor that maybe JT Daniels would get the start over Stetson Bennett in this game. He's out with COVID now, so there's very little chance that that's going to happen. Uh, they're also missing Pickens on the outside, which is one of their best wide receivers. Their offense, which is already not very good, is going to be less than good. So uh, I think it's going to be, like, I think they're going to take away what we do well. We're going to take away their offense in general. It's going to be who hits on a couple big plays uh, to get into, you know, scoring territory and can you know it, it might be a 17-7-21-14 game uh, at the end of it Um and that's probably what both teams are going to be trying to play it's it's tough because I feel like both of those teams are gonna be playing the same game they want to slow down the game they want to run the football uh, and they want to let their defenses uh play well so uh I'm on the same boat as you I think in my brain I would I would take Georgia and Alabama, uh, but I'm not going to pick against Michigan. So I- I'm I'm really hoping Michigan and Cincinnati can make it. I mean, that would be such a fun national championship, Michigan versus Cincinnati, like get Alabama out of there, get Georgia out of there. We've seen that national championship. That's, I mean, you're not going to get a better Alabama, Georgia national championship than the game they played before where Tua comes in at halftime, leads back to the nation- and comes in in overtime and throws a touchdown pass. I mean, that, you're never going to get a better game than that. So let's avoid that. If we can, let's get a cool Michigan Cincinnati national championship and that'll be a lot of fun. Uh, and it'll take a lot of stress off of my plate because if we somehow beat Georgia, but then have to play Alabama a week later, I I'm going to be a nervous wreck for a week. And then it's going to be, it's going to be worse than the Ohio state this year uh, in terms of like, I'm just going to be like, there's no chance. We're not going to win. we is just, no, I'm, I'm just, I'm not going to convince myself that we have a chance against Alabama until we do beat them.
1: I have two things. One, I have just discovered that Cincinnati cornerback Kobe Bryant is going to wear number eight in the National City Final Game against Alabama to honor Kobe Bryant, obviously, the legend Kobe Bryant. That's really cool. and makes me even more want to root for Cincinnati because that's awesome. Having Kobe Bryant in number eight. Hard to bet against that team. Um, And then I have a question. How many yards did and touchdowns, because I know he exploded. Kenneth Walker, what all did he do against Michigan? Because I was yeah. just thinking about that. I was like, Georgia, like, they're strengthening. They're really going is that running game.
0: He had 197 yards and five touchdowns against Michigan, which – uh but I- – I wanna they don't
1: have Kenneth Walker. They don't have so. Kenneth
0: Walker. And yeah, and if you watch that game back, it, it, it was night and day. Like Mich- obviously Georgia's plus like group of running backs is better than Michigan State's group of running backs. But when Kenneth Walker was on the field and when any of their under running backs were on the field, it was night and day. We shut down the lanes and Kenneth Walker was just kind of bouncing off tackles and just he had a day that day. He was he was running possessed. And 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 if Georgia one of Georgia's running backs does that, then we're in for a long day. But uh because we're not going to score 33 points on georgia's uh defense but uh i i i don't see anyone being able to do that the way kenneth walker did he was by far the best running back in the country this year
1: so just for example when georgia played tennessee james cook he put up 104 yards which is good but it wasn't like when i'm thinking back about that game i'm like yeah james cook played good but it's not like he was dominating Tennessee's defense is nowhere near what Michigan has, so I think that gives you. hope But they do; they have a stable of running backs because then they have Zamir White and then everyone else that they're like all five-star recruits and they came from every part of the country and everything else. But yeah, that just popped in my head because I, I knew Kenneth Walker exploded that day. But yeah, they don't have Kenneth Walker. They do have a good stable of backs,
0: though. Yeah, and I, I mean. It. I think this playoff is one of the most interesting and I've put this this way to a few of my friends when I've talked about it. It's like each team has something special about them. Like the Georgia defense has obviously been talked about all year. Alabama has Bryce Young in their offense, which has been awesome. Cincinnati, I think, you know, obviously the group of five, but their corners and that secondary in general is probably the best in the country. And then Michigan, we have the best pass rushers. I mean, you have Hutchinson on one side Ojago on the other. I mean, even with what Georgia and Alabama have, they don't have two pass rushers as potent as those two. So I think each team has something to bring to the table that makes them special, makes them fun to watch. And I think it's going to be a fun playoff. Uh, I think regardless of what happens, obviously I'm super nervous about the what's going to happen with the results, but it's going to be fun regardless. There's going to be some fun games played and, and let's hope for let's hope for some upsets because I don't I don't think anyone wants to see Alabama Georgia again but uh, definitely at least one like I, I, obviously I'm rooting for Michigan but if Cincinnati could do it too that would be awesome as well so uh, that is gonna do it from us here on the Dylan and Dylan show Dylan do you have any final thoughts before we go
1: I do I'm very excited for the Music City Bowl Tennessee Purdue um, I I just I'm excited for a good game I'm excited to be in Nissan Stadium which should be a popping place for the rest of the uh, football year as the Titans get ready for playoffs. But getting to watch this Tennessee team one more time, like I said, no expectations, and getting to watch them one more time in Nashville, it seems like it's going to be full of orange and white. Very, very excited for that. Ring in the new year in Nashville. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, obviously excited for the college ball playoff and the new year six and all the fun sports stuff that ha- happens around this time of year. Uh, happy New Year's to everyone, and go balls!
0: All right. Yeah. I'm, I'm super excited for this Michigan game coming up. And if Michigan team, if any of you are listening, please stay safe COVID free for the next couple of days. If Dax Hill is listening, please get healthy and make the trip down to Miami. He didn't make the trip down this week, but he is. It's thought that he might make the trip down later this week, if he can clear and get enough negative tests. So Dax Hill, please stay healthy, get down to Miami. Cause we need you for that Georgia game Uh, and just go blue. Let's, Let's do something that I thought was impossible. Uh, I would—that's all I can say. Let's do something I thought was past the realm of possibility for Michigan. That's going to do it for us here at the Dylan Dylan Show. Uh, you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube at Dylan Dylan Show. You can find Tunnel Vision Sports on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at underscore TV sports, underscore TV Sports. Facebook and LinkedIn on television sports and on the web at tvsportsmag.com. This has been the Dylan and Dylan show. Thank you so much for watching guys. Have a safe and happy new year and we'll see you in 2022.